Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. As we head into the holiday week, we'll leave you with a virtual cornucopia of items for you to feast on. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's get started. This week, our three things are, one, the fading away of COVID, at least in terms of its ability to disrupt. New developments on the therapeutic front might just make that statement true. Two, retailers had a really strong week. Is the retail apocalypse over? And three, raging inflation means higher margin pressure, right? Well, not so fast. We'll check Q3 earnings to see where we stand. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. The fading away of COVID. Like aging rock stars, pandemics apparently fade away. So says The Economist in a story released this week out of their upcoming World Ahead issue. This prediction comes at a time when we are seeing, yet again, flare-ups, significant flare-ups across Europe, and rising evidence that we're in for more here in the States as we head into the holiday season. And the Delta experience told us it's not over till it's over. We should be on the lookout for new vaccine-resistant variants. All that notwithstanding, the newspaper, as it likes to refer to itself, says COVID is moving on to its endemic phase, quote, like the flu or the common cold, unquote, where the world is likely to return to normal, at least the post-pandemic normal. We got here through a combination of highly effective vaccines that have been impressively distributed, at least in the developed world, as well as shockingly large numbers of people having built up antibodies through infection. Now, adding to the lines of defense, is news that highly effective pills, one from Merck and one from Pfizer, are moving forward through the regulatory process, joining dexamethasone, remdesivir, and Regeneron's antibody cocktail in the battle to keep patients alive and out of hospitals. According to the Washington Post, the Biden administration is planning to purchase 10 million courses of Pfizer's pill and has committed to buying 3.1 million courses of Merck's. But the pill's real impact on COVID could be agreements that allow the drugs to be manufactured around the world and sold at lower prices to poorer countries. We want to remind those that believe that COVID is in the rearview mirror that the economic threats of COVID still include outbreaks overseas impacting manufacturing facilities and or ports, not to mention the prospect of new treatment-resistant variants. Until those risks are reduced, we will continue to learn how to live with COVID, which is getting less threatening thanks to scientific developments on the therapeutic front. All right, on to our second thing, retailing strong week. A couple of weeks ago, we highlighted commentary out of the National Retail Federation that forecasts a holiday shopping season for the ages, one that has the potential to, quote, shatter previous records, unquote. To put a fine pencil point on that comment, that translates into sales growth of between 8.5% and 10.5% over 2020 levels, or roughly double the usual growth rate. We point out that driving the growth are familiar friends, leftover stimulus, and the wealth effect generated from soaring home and stock market values. This week, we got October retail sales, which surprised solidly to the upside. Plus 1.7% over September's level, topping the estimate of 1.4%, good enough to be some 21% above the pre-pandemic level back in February 2020. 
It's a staggering jump when you think about it, until you factor in the staggering wealth creation we just talked about. Strength was seen in the core group as well, that's ex-autos, gasoline, and building materials, which gained 1.6% versus expectations of 0.9%. We also got news from Bloomberg that U.S. retail foot traffic, measured by mobile phone location data gathered by SafeGraph, was up a whopping 39.5% over the same week a year ago. Now, all these figures test three well-held assumptions. One, that consumer sentiment is a primary influencer of retail sales. And given how downbeat sentiment has been of late, it doesn't seem to be the case. Clearly other things, the political divide, culture wars, the pandemic, are weighing on sentiment as well. In fact, you can make the case that a little retail therapy and a little trip to the mall is just what the sentiment doctor ordered. Two, that maybe, just maybe, we've moved beyond the Amazon apocalypse to the era of the omni-channel, where traditional retailers that have gotten their digital strategies together are finding ways to compete with the online tsunami. And three, fears of significant shortages of goods heading into the holiday season seem to be misplaced. We see all of those playing out in Q3 earnings and guidance coming out of Macy's, Kohl's, TJX, Dillard's, all of which surprised the upside. Of course, the credit story is more complicated. How are recent sales activity likely to stand up in 2022 as the economy slows and the beneficial effects of stimulus and housing and stock market gains fade? How much margin pressure can we expect from higher labor costs and supply chain issues, the kind that weighed on results from Walmart and Target? And what does event risk look like in this sector as activist shareholders push for spinoffs of online units, as is the case now with Macy's. The sector's had a good run, but at the risk of repeating one of my favorite refrains, this is not normal. If we are truly mid-cycle, the tailwind that has been so strongly at the back of this sector is likely to diminish in 2022. All right, on to our third thing, overblown margin pressure fears. The narrative has been building all year, though hardly in a straight line. Demand made super strong by previously unimaginable relief in stimulus, totaling some $30 trillion globally over 18 months, and highly concentrated in goods sectors, because you couldn't spend much at all in certain pandemic-impacted services sectors, overwhelmed producers' ability to meet that demand. So input costs, materials, labor spiked not all of which, the thinking goes, could be passed along to consumers. Well, it turns out, a lot of it could. As the Wall Street Journal said this past week, companies are paying higher wages, spending more on materials, and absorbing record freight costs, and reporting some of their best profitability in years. Now, it turns out that companies could do something they really hadn't been able to do for quite some time, raise prices. For the past couple of decades, globalization significantly reduced pricing power to most as production was increasingly offshore to cheaper jurisdictions. But the pandemic negatively impacted so many parts of the supply chain, the net result was higher costs that could be passed along to consumers who happened to find themselves flush with cash. Now, to be clear, there have been plenty of examples of firms where the net result has been margin pressure. Still, according to FactSet, some two-thirds of firms in the S&P 500 have reported higher margins than they did in the comparable periods in 2019, and 20% of firms have reported margins 
50% higher. Overall, net profit margin for the S&P was 13.1%, according to FactSet in the second quarter, versus 11.5% in the same quarter of 2019, and up strongly from the pandemic trough of 8.6% hit in Q2 of 2020. The five-year average margin is 10.9%. Analyst estimates are calling for margins in the S&P to contract by Q4 2021 to 11.9%, as inflation takes a bigger bite and competition reasserts itself as we and businesses learn how to live with COVID. We would also point out that margin improvement is broadly based, with nine of the S&P's sectors reporting gains in Q3, and only consumer staples and consumer discretionary have seen contractions, and those have been modest. The math here is fairly simple, but often lost in the hurly-burly of markets. Household wealth up, the willingness to pay higher prices up. Those two things figure to moderate in 2022. So expect margins to moderate as well. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, improved therapeutics hold the promise that the disruptive power of COVID is fading. Two, relief and stimulus have clearly benefited retailers but be careful not to extrapolate recent results. And three, fears of margin pressure from rising input costs are overblown. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on kbra.com for our latest rating reports and research. Enjoy the upcoming break and have a safe, generous, and humble Thanksgiving.